WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. Normally, whenever you're in a city, your Wi-Fi or internet connection is great. But whenever you go out to a rural area, it's not as reliable. Especially whenever you go to low-income countries, not everyone has access to internet and to Wi-Fi. There are different ways that we can bridge this technological divide to help make it more accessible. Today, we're joined by Nick Ivanov, who's a past interviewee on the Sci-Files. In the past, he spoke to us about blockchain and cryptocurrency. But today, he's talking to us about blockchain in regards to Wi-Fi and how to make it more accessible. Nick. Thank you for joining us again. May you please introduce your new research project? Hi. First, thank you for having me. Yes, my new project is to use the same blockchain technology that I talked about before to actually bridge the technological divide. And what is technological divide? It is the situation in which certain population of people cannot enjoy the same technology that we are so accustomed to. And one aspect of this technological divide is, of course, access to the internet. Because as we know, all our devices now, they are internet devices. And there is even this term that we use, internet of things. It means that we are surrounded with all those things, big and small, and they are all connected to the internet. They talk with one another. But unfortunately, the world of internet of things is not available to everyone. And what we do in our lab is to try to solve this problem on the systems level, try to create the system that would allow everybody to access the internet. Thanks for joining us again on the Sci-Files. To give us a quick refresher, can you give us a reminder of what blockchain is and how that works? Yes, you can think about blockchain as a large internet computer made of thousands of computers all across the world. Those computers, they run special programs called smart contracts. But what's interesting about blockchain and smart contracts is that they allow people to agree on something, to establish protocol. But it is used for many different things. But what we are trying to use it for is to provide internet for everybody and to create a system that allows everybody to become an internet provider and give people incentive for become mini internet providers. And we believe that this way we can bridge this technological divide and allow to bring a quality internet connection to the regions and communities that cannot enjoy it now or cannot enjoy it with the due quality. Usually when people have Wi-Fi and internet, they have to pay it to some sort of internet provider. And some people are limited to the options for their internet provider because maybe not all of the companies reach their area. You said that people can be their own internet provider. How would that work exactly? 
So the real problem now is not to bring internet connection to a certain area, but the real problem is that it is very expensive for internet providers to distribute internet to the customer. And this is where they don't have enough incentive to do so in uh, rural areas, for example. And this is where a community can actually step in and start creating those small internet providers. Unfortunately, now there is no technology, no framework that would allow community members to create those small businesses and become small internet providers. And this is why we try to use the power of blockchain and smart contracts to allow exactly this, to allow people to become small businesses, small internet providers, and most important, to allow so-called cross-domain authentication. It means that if you are a customer of one provider, you can move to another area, go to nearby city, and connect to another provider that uses the same framework. It's great that more applications of blockchain are being developed. Most people are familiar with it in regards to cryptocurrency, but helping people have internet is also a great application. How does a blockchain manage the amount of bandwidth that is associated with high-speed internet comparatively to the larger technology companies? I ask that because whenever I'm at home with my family using the internet, if everybody's using it at once, it can slow down the internet speed. So when it comes to bandwidth, we observe one interesting phenomenon. We see a lot of people who have a lot of bandwidth available, but they don't use it. And at the same time, we see a lot of people who don't have enough bandwidth. And our question is whether it is possible for those people who have more bandwidth that they need to be able to sell, to resell this internet to those who are in need. And the blockchain technology and smart contracts, they actually allow to do it and do it very securely and even preserve people's privacy. Most importantly, what we are trying to do is identity management. This is what blockchain is doing very good. It means that you have one account and you can connect to all those small businesses using one single account and one single payment agreement. So from what I'm understanding, one person at least needs to have access to the internet in order to share it with everyone else. To take a step back though, how would that person be able to obtain the internet connection? For example, how do internet companies distribute internet? Internet companies, they are connected to a very fast optical fiber internet connection. And then they distribute this internet connection among customers. There are exceptions, but most providers do like I've just described. The problem is that it requires a lot of investment to create the infrastructure for distributing this fast internet connection among users. So what we propose is to allow people in the community to create small businesses and fulfill this task, really spread the internet connection among the community members. 
And in the modern world, it's not a big problem to deliver fast internet connection to the area. It can be done in many different ways. It can be done through optical fiber, through 5G, or even satellite. Biggest problem is to equitably distribute this internet among people in the community, because this is what requires uh, a lot of investment. But if this investment is split among small businesses, then it becomes an easier task. I want to hone in a little bit on the work that you're specifically doing when it comes to developing this blockchain. What is involved with the development of it? And how does this differ from the blockchain that you spoke about in our previous episode? Blockchain is a large worldwide virtual computer. And we can deploy special apps on this computer called smart contracts. And this is exactly what we are doing. For this particular purpose, we deploy a special app. And this app will allow to create providers, to register new providers, and to connect to OneFi, to pay for internet. And it's all done by a single program deployed on this blockchain, on this virtual computer. And this is the beauty of it, because no one controls it, no one owns it, and no one even can shut it down. This is what we call truly decentralized economy. We created a special smart contract that we deployed on blockchain. And this smart contract now can be used by different communities to register new internet providers or to register as clients of the system and to pay those internet providers. And everything is done automatically because we created special apps that you can install on your cell phone or if you want to become a provider, you can install it on a computer, push several buttons, and suddenly you become a small internet provider. Provide the internet that you don't use, you can share it with your community. And people who come in the proximity of your Wi-Fi hotspot, their apps on the phones will automatically connect to your hotspot and automatically pay. I think this is a really great idea, Nick. It sounds like the foundation is already there and you've been developing it for a while. Have you tried this out in a city or maybe even in a small area? Yes, of course. Because of the pandemic, my advisor and me, we both worked at homes and we already deployed our homes. And now our next step is to bring it to our community, which is Michigan State University. So we will start from our engineering building and then we will spread further and further until it covers more and more areas. It's really cool that you and your advisor were able to test out this blockchain technology using your own homes and that it'll eventually get expanded to MSU. One of the things that has been controversial in the last couple of years is the deployment of 5G technology to provide internet across the world. How would your blockchain work with the 5G technology? Does it work in complementary with it, or do they compete against each other? This is an excellent question, because the 5G technology is becoming more and more popular. When the 5G technology was first proposed, it was meant to cover the entire world, including those sparsely populated communities. 
But unfortunately, we see a different situation in practice. First problem is that most 5G deployments in the United States actually reuse the legacy infrastructure inherited from the 4G technology. Also, we see that 5G hotspots are mostly used and deployed in the large cities. And at the rate of deployment of the 5G network is practically very slow. Our technology allows actually not to compete with the 5G, but to use 5G as a possible source of internet to spread in the community. So in this sense, we are not creating something that replaces 5G or to compete with 5G, but rather 5G makes our system even more viable. So if you need a source for everyone to be able to access this internet and everyone is sharing the same network, would that be a privacy issue? For example, would everyone have access to each other's data? This is an excellent question, and this is where our system really shines, because instead of using the typical traditional accounts in which you share with providers a lot of information, in which you have passwords that hackers try to fish from those providers and so on, in our system, you can use your private key to authenticate yourself, to prove for providers that you is you. As a result, you can connect to different providers that participate in the system and at the same time preserve your privacy because you don't need to give providers too much information in order to verify that you are a legitimate client. Well, that's great to hear. I'm sure that people that are listening would also be really happy to hear that they won't have to worry that their internet privacy won't be violated. When we talk about larger places, like how MSU could possibly implement this blockchain technology, how does it work when you're moving, for example, from building to building? You have all of these different hotspots that house the original internet sources, but would that change with this implementation of new blockchain technology to provide internet? We use a blockchain, which is a global virtual computer, which is owned by everybody and nobody at the same time. In a sense, there is no one who can control this computer, but everybody can use it. So on this computer, we deploy smart contract, which is our app that helps to that helps to identify users of the Wi-Fi network using cryptography. The beautiful thing about it is that you can roam from one provider to another provider, change hotspots, and your device will automatically connect to this network and using cryptography prove that you is you. And without violating your privacy, without sharing your passwords or social security numbers or even your name, this is what is called uh, cross-domain authentication. I really do like how this is helping different communities bridge this inequity and help people have that accessibility too. However, it does make me wonder, how do these businesses who are currently charging people a lot of money for internet feel about this? First of all, we are creating our system not to compete with anyone, but to embrace different scenarios. 
and we believe that our system can actually be used by large providers such as AT Verizon or to increase their profits, their revenues, because our system provides cross-domain authentication. It means that the provider that is available at specific areas provides the best connection in this area will charge the client. And this creates opportunities for everybody, for small businesses, for large existing providers, and just for residential users who want to share their internet. So basically, our system is created with the idea in mind that we want to unite different providers and different use cases. And we don't want anyone to compete with one another, but we want to collaborate. Also, our network has this special feature that whenever a client comes into an area with several hotspots available, There is a special artificial intelligence algorithm running on your device that will choose the hotspot that will give you not only best quality, but also best price. More importantly, if there are several paid hotspots available, the artificial intelligence algorithm will negotiate the best price for you. And also in this app, you can specify the maximum amount of money that you are ready to pay. Even if it's zero, for example, you only ready to pay for free hotspots. No problem. You can put zero or you can pay $10 a day, no more. And the artificial intelligence will do its job. It will find the best hotspot for you and give you the best price and making sure that this price will never exceed the limit that you are ready to pay. It sounds like this application has a really bright future ahead of itself, especially as inequities become much more visible and we try to right those wrongs. I have to ask, though, what was your inspiration behind pursuing this project? It seemed like what you were doing before was really involved. Did you just happen to have time to go into this? Back in 2019, I had a car trip through several states in the United States doing some family business. And I noticed that in rural areas, even in the United States, the internet coverage is not very good. When I got back to lab, I decided to research it further, and I started searching for information. What is the real state of things? Because everybody is talking about the interconnected world, about Internet of Things, but what is really going on? And I found many research papers that are actually showing the real state of things that most people in many different countries, including in the United States, actually live without quality Internet access. And I started thinking more and more about this. And I realized that the blockchain technology that I've been researching for a long time can actually help to bridge this technological divide. You've been at MSU for quite some time. I was wondering, are you doing anything on the side other than research? For example, are you involved in any kind of clubs or any kind of activities? Yes, I am involved in some activities outside of my research. First, in 2020, my advisor and I created a student organization called SSS Team, which is an ethical hacking student club. 
It's incredible to hear about the things you're doing, Nick. And thank you so much again for joining us for your second interview here on the Sci-Files. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out SciFiles.org. If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at SciFiles at Impact89FM.org. We'll catch you next week on the SciFiles, and remember, the truth is in the science.